You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome back to Toner Talk, your resource for the best in laser printing. I'm Victor, and joining me is William the Laser Gallagher. Okay, I could take that. This is very specifically Apple toner, isn't it? You don't want any of that Windows toner. I mean, stuff. this this is you know, the best in laser printing. And mm. there's a lot to talk about, DPI and connectivity and air print. But this is really the Apple Insider podcast. I'm sorry for, for joking with y'all. And we've got William, still the laser, Gallagher. I should write down these things that you call me. There's, is there some sort of code? Is there a sequence in it? If I write them all down, is there some sort of acrostic that turns out to be devastatingly cruel? If if you do such a thing and you discern any kind of meaning at all from them, it is only because your mind is already bent towards things like astrology and numerology. There is no meaning here. Okay, wash your mouth out. I can joke so far, but astrology, too much. Goodbye forever. Still there? You still there? Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. I was ready to hang up on you, but okay. <laughs> oh, I want to talk okay. about more important things. Yes. I want to talk about things like our friends, your friends, and mine over at the Omni Group. Oh yes, yes. And I want to talk about them because they're geniuses. They are. They have gone ahead and figured out how to take OmniFocus, the professional to-do list manager that helps you accomplish more every day. They've, they've, they're lowering your stress, right? Through better planning, because making planning and reviewing it easy, they lower your stress. They remember everything for you. And what they've done is they've shipped OmniFocus for the web, which is, of course, your browser-based companion app to OmniFocus for Mac and iOS. So wherever you have a browser, there's OmniFocus, and it syncs with OmniFocus for Mac and iOS. So if you have to use Windows, if you have to use Linux, or you even choose to use Linux, because this year is the year of Linux on the desktop, as we say every year for the past 25 years, OmniFocus is there for you. And it includes all the core features of OmniFocus, actions, projects, tags, due dates, and all the other bits. And there are more features on the way. They've got forecast and testing right now. Someone over at Apple Insider, some some rapscallion, some awful person, reviewed it and called it Unparalleled Online Software Engineering. I don't know who that might have been. Could have been anybody, because, you know, frankly, that's what it is. So, I wonder who that yeah. could be. Hmm. I blame you. Okay, I'll take that. It's a marvelous but, piece of work. But that's not important. What's important here is that if you want to learn more about OmniFocus and OmniFocus for the web, go to OmniFocus.com. What, what can I tell you? It's by our friends at Omni Group. We love them, and, and we're so happy they've spent all the time and effort to make this reality. What, you don't agree with me? No, actually, my entire screen just suddenly went blank. <laughs> okay, I've got it back there. Uh, if the moment you say anything to do with uh, OmniFocus, I'm afraid you need to get tea and a biscuit because I am so obsessed with it. I'm really impressed with the web version of it. I mean, I was straight away um, because I, I've got friends who really need OmniFocus, but have to work on PCs. And now they can use this as well. They've got iPads and Macs at home, but at work in the daytime when they're actually doing most of their work, they couldn't use it before, and now they can. And and it is amazing the difference one piece of software really can make to a life. Very good. Apple TV Plus, which is, of course, the upcoming video streaming service. You going to get it? 
I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I, I've already got uh, streaming service fatigue. I did finally get um, Veronica Mars um, off of Hulu because they put it on iTunes US. I have an iTunes US account. I bought it. So I'm willing to spend money on this stuff. But we've got uh, Hulu's expanding, isn't it? But Apple TV Plus Disney is, is, is it out in the next 30 minutes if it isn't already. Uh, all these things going on. I'm going to wait to see what I think of the shows. Although in that respect, Apple TV has some pretty good looking shows coming, doesn't it? It does. And... So but besides the fact that it's available on, of course, your TV app on your phone, your iPad, uh, it's also available, of course, on Apple TV, but interestingly, spreading to other TVs, Samsung, LG, Vizio, and the like. And because it's going to be available on all these outlets, it, it seems like uh, Cohen analysts suggest that they're likely to get as many as 12 million subscriptions by the end of 2020. Wow. And their their estimates suggest that Apple breaks even if they reach 10 million users. Okay, I'm curious about the maths on that one. But, oh, hang on. Also, you dodged a, a question I didn't actually ask. Are you going to get uh, Apple TV Plus? Wait, wait. I haven't dodged if you didn't ask. Yeah. Am I going to get it? Um, rumors suggest it's going to be 10 bucks a month. I liked all of the shows that they they demoed for us at their last keynote. Yes. I I was intrigued by C. I liked the idea of the morning show, which the latest trailer makes look it look like it has actually more meat to it than than previously thought. Um, I like the idea of amazing stories. So there's a bunch of stuff that I would like to see, and for the ten bucks a month, my thought is I will go ahead and do it. And if they run out of shows that I want to see, then I'll pause the subscription and resubscribe when there's more. That makes sense. I'm suddenly That's curious my personal to know attitude. whether they, the shows they stream on the service will at any point be available to buy on iTunes. That'd be a curious way if you just like one show. I don't know. I also have to I wonder, really don't know. When will it come here? As How many months is it that Apple News Plus has been out in the States and there's no sign of it here in the UK? Well, you know, you, you your little island in the world is busy cutting itself off from the rest of the world. Yeah, we're we're, we're doing a good job there. Let's 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 face it. Yes, um, still hoping there's a couch at your place when things get even worse. Okay, right. I'll just I'll work on that. Else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Good to know. Uh, so uh, th those figures at the ten million uh, break-even point. Is that that's ten million? Assuming. It's ten bucks a month. Kind of, I can't do the maths. Yeah, that's that's basically the napkin math here. Is that these shows that we we know that they've spent more than six billion for the current catalog, right? Yeah. And at ten bucks a month times ten million, that's um, enough. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> ten ten bucks a month times ten million. That's ten is is basically what one billion. Uh, no. Uh, one billion things. 100 million. Those are them. 100 yeah, million. It's, right, it's 100 million. So that doesn't make back the investment in, in all of it, but maybe it covers production costs. Probably not, actually. I would have thought with so many shows. My thing is, you mentioned this about uh, how much they spent so far. They've got to keep spending this amount of money. They've got to keep developing shows. I mean, none of yeah. them are very long runners by the sound of it. So, you know... 
we're going to be using them up very, very fast. It's the thing with television. It chews through material uh, in a way Apple, I don't think, is used to with other things. So interesting to know where the economics will fall. Well, at, at any point, it's, um, you know, Netflix has something in the neighborhood of how many do they have here? Netflix has about 150 million subscribers. Amazing. Amazon Prime has 100 million, but you can't really count Prime because the problem with Prime is that it's also a store, not just a video service. Yeah, the video is Netflix just like is, an is yes. a pure video service, so 150 is a lot more understandable from them, and that's way way below what we think Apple's going to do initially. But it's uh, the, the the question is: Are they going to have enough to make it worth it? And are they going to have enough people to to show interest that it'll build? Remember, Apple Music, when it initially started, didn't do very well. But now we're in a position where we have Apple Music and Spotify, and that's it. Yeah, plus basically. Netflix, its sole goal is to make money through its television and through people signing up. Apple has the sort of subsidiary goal that uh, people who buy Apple TVs or iPhones to buy this stuff on, that's a source of revenue as well. So it's all well, rising tide. Well, does that work if you, buy a, if you buy an LG TV and you've got the Apple TV application on it? Does that really work out? Sure, but you're not going to buy uh, an iPhone without it. You're not going to buy an Apple TV without it. There's going to be, there's, yeah. there's a correlation somewhere. So it's not uh, as simple, uh, in quote marks, as Netflix's model. Right. So the the part of this is that we we sort of glossed over is that Apple has put more than six billion for Apple TV Plus shows in, in in their push to catch up with competitors. Mm. Right? They they realize they have to build this library, so it's Netflix is probably going to spend fifteen billion on new content this year. Uh, Disney, of course, that can go into their whole back catalog. The Disney Vault thing is a perennial favorite of people. Yeah. So Apple putting down the money to produce these shows is is a big deal. I suppose they do have the money. That's not the same as being, you know, willing to spend it casually. You know, one imagines they think about this a lot, but at least they have the facilities. So. Well, so here's here's the thing, right? And when we talk about um, money, money that's in the bank is not doing anything for you. It's It's a great cash reserve, but it's not actually actively working to improve your business or your bottom line or your customers' lives. Yeah, personally, money, I'd be very happy with it in the bank accounts, but I appreciate your point, yes. Right, so. but it's there, and you're holding it in your bank account because you're u holding it to improve your life at some later point. And for occasionally right? swimming that's, through that's gold uh, brilliance, yes. Sorry, right, Scrooge McDuck, this. yeah, I that's got you. But the, the, for, for Apple to have that money and not use it to improve their product or not use it to improve services or not use it to offer more is is a misuse of that money in a way. So you got to remember there could be a rainy day coming one day. You need a few billion. If, if a through. rainy day is coming, then then the products and services haven't been enough. Mm. Is one way of thinking about it, right? If these things ingrain themselves into people's lives, as iPhone has, right? Mm -hmm. iPhone... People have them. People who have them love them. People tend to not switch away from them. People tend to switch to them if they're going to switch. And every couple of years, people buy a fresh one. Maybe it's not a two-year cycle like it was traditionally. Maybe it's a three-year cycle now. But people do go and get the next one pretty reliably. 
Yes. Right. Apple has to pour money into those to keep them fresh. Apple needs to pour money into the TV service to keep it fresh. It, it's If you're just holding the money, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Okay, I can see that. Uh, I, my mind went off in two totally separate directions. One, which is, it is amazing to me that Apple can physically make a new iPhone every year. I think just it's a marvelous piece of work. But also, you, uh, you therefore, by the sound of it, highly approve of Apple investing in Apple Card. Yes? I wasn't going to talk about Apple Card just yet. Well, we have I was going to talk thing. Of, it's out, isn't it? Uh, I it can't is, get It one. is, but, but I wanted to talk first about an iPhone rumor. Oh, okay. iPhone. What? An iPhone rumor? This time of year? Well, really? you know, we just talked about people getting them every, every couple of years, every three years or so, yeah, right? Yeah, a rumor. When, well, the iPhone that? 11 mm -hmm. is... So, so we've, we've, we've talked about this, right? People saw the iPad Pro with USB-C and said, oh my God, the phone's going to go USB-C. Everything should go USB-C. We can't wait. And there's some sense to that because the MacBook Pro is a USB-C device. Right, and if it's got USB-C ports, then the phone should also, and we can just eliminate all of these goofy cables. Right? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's not happening. <clears throat> I'm sorry to dash everyone's dreams, but the phone is going to remain lightning. However, people have long complained about iPhones that ship with the silly one amp charger. I actually have no problem at all with the iPhone charger, because I charge my iPhone overnight. If it happens to finish faster than before I wake up, I don't care. It's still fine with it. But yes, I do recognize that there are many complaints about this, and you have a solution, or the rumor does. Well, so this is going to make Neil Hughes. Remember Neil, longtime Ooh. friend of ours? Cool. Miss Neil. Yeah, well, one of the things Neil always worked towards was using USB-C to lightning cables to charge things. Oh, okay. And obviously that, that capability first came to iPad, but now has come to iPhone. And so the, the solution back in the old day was to spend lots of money buying the 12-inch MacBook charger and then the USB-C to lightning cable and putting all this together to go ahead and then be able to charge your phone faster. Wait, 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 wait. Well, buying a MacBook and throwing it away because you just want the cable. That's No, just buying the charger. Oh, okay. Oh, separately. Right. That's a lot better. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and don't cast dispersions on Neil. He was very financially uh, responsible. And there's a tweet from a charging peripherals company called Charger Lab that claims that the new iPhones are going to continue to use the Lightning port, we agree, but that they will also ship a USB-C-based charger for them, which means that they're going to have to include the USB-C to Lightning adapter, which they think is going to be in the box. No, actually, no, I do not remember this, because this is the same company that were right saying... Uh, a USB-C charger would be coming, but they were wrong because they believed it would be with last year's iPhones, isn't it? So, well, that's but 50 they, 50. Uh, so they, they historically they've they've weighed in on other things, right? They've got mixed success. You you said that they thought that they claimed that the uh, USB-C charger would ship with the iPhone XS family instead. So, it yeah. arrived with the iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. They also claimed in January that they had sources that were saying that air power was entering production. We know that's not true either. So, yeah, they got kind of a mixed record here. But, you know, give them credit. They're very focused on charging. So, you know, everybody's got to have I mean, a hobby. 
Well, the question comes down to uh, costs, I think. And what are the costs for shipping the the USB-C Lightning versus the USB-A Lightning? And, you know, what's Apple's future plan? Do they want to migrate everyone to USB-C stuff? Does it make sense to ship the phone with USB-C if all the laptops are USB-C? They, they've got reasons to do this. We're just not sure entirely that it's going to happen here. And I'm thinking we don't have long to wait either. Yeah, the September 10th, speaking. man. Yeah, it is. A date confirmed. No, but we we sort of believe it. Yeah. Right. Cancel. Why the do we believe September it? 10th. Why Why do we believe it? We believe it because there was a screenshot found in the latest betas of iOS and watchOS. And you know how they always have a calendar icon and they set the date to <laughs> the, the date of the release? Yes. Yeah, but, so it, it's Tuesday the 10th is what's the calendar showing, and the Tuesday the 10th that lines up in the near future is September, Tuesday the 10th. Right, okay. I do so, like the way Apple, I mean, under the, the immense pressure to get all of these things done, but still, they'll have a bit of a giggle along the way. But nothing wrong with that. There we go. Well, you know someone there is at a desk being sla slaving away and being reminded by someone else, don't forget to change the calendar icon to match the date of release. It's probably got it as an omnifocus to do. Uh, Everything's every breaking year. around mm -hmm. them. They're having trouble shipping an Xcode beta that works. All of these things, Swift UI. Don't forget to change the calendar icon. Okay. Hey, priorities, come on. Yes. It is, it is. Uh, so, are you going to buy an iPhone 11 or whatever it turns out to be called? I think I'm sticking with my... Well, that's a good question, actually. I was planning on sticking with my 10S, uh, 10R for another year. But I have in my family a member of the family who's using an iPhone 6. And the iPhone 6 is not going to be supported under iOS 13. And so, I have cause to hand them my 10R and seek out a new phone for myself. Right. Is it that you like them that much or that you like an excuse that much? It's because I like my family member that much. That's nice. <laughs> I would be happy staying with the 10R, but for this. I have to say, I, as much as I love my uh, iPhone 10S Max, I've been doing a job recently where I need to do some audio recording, and I found my old, I thought, quite broken iPhone 6 was still functioning enough that I could plug a, a lav mic into it and i've been recording audio with it um and it's working out very nicely so, yeah lovely mm. you know speaking of phones and and carriers that provide these phones if you're still using one of the big wireless providers in 2019 have you asked yourself what it is that you're paying for between expensive retail stores inflated prices hidden fees you're being taken advantage of because they know that you'll pay enter mint mobile Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage that you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves money on retail locations and overhead because they don't have them and then passes those savings directly to you. And this is really cool. You remember in the old days how before iPhone, you had to buy a phone and then go to a store and activate it there and deal with it. And, and it was nightmare. You walked into a store, you were committed to spending 45 minutes to an hour and a half in the store, <laughs> basically. And when iPhone was introduced in 2007, you bought the phone, you took it home, you plugged it into your, your computer, and iTunes activated it for you. 
And of yeah. course, it crashed AT&T servers at the time because well, the, they weren't prepared to handle online activation. So Mint Mobile is taking that kind of philosophy one step further, and it's really awesome. Uh, it, being able to do everything through the browser and, and do it all online and get the service is great. And I want to point out why it's so great. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to as little as $15 a month. And that gets you 3 gig of 4G LTE data every month. It's an unlimited nationwide talk and text, nationwide being the U.S. So you, you stop paying for unlimited data that you never actually use. You can choose between plans for 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes. And you can, you can change plans month to month if you need to. You can use your own phone with Mint Mobile and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts, but you don't have to pay the large bill. You can ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. And I've been using it, and I'm I'm pretty pleased. I have to say, it is working surprisingly well. I, I First of all, you know, we, we get wrapped up in unlimited data and what's unlimited mean and all this, and it turns out 12 gig of data does me just fine. It pays to watch your usage because you can shrink your bill considerably. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash Apple Insider. That's mintmobile.com slash Apple Insider. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Apple Insider. Now, on their website, if you go and look, they're currently showing a $20 per month offer. And that $20 a month is a promo that's running for the 8 gig plan. But the $15 a month for three gig plan is still available. So it, it, it starts at 15 a month. Just check and find the plan that's right for you. And you'll get free standard shipping and, and the plan will be shipped to your door for free. Now, Apple is buying up property in Cupertino. Hang on, so they already were in Cupertino. I thought the spaceship took over the whole of Cupertino. They want more. You would think, you would think, but they they have spent two hundred ninety million bucks buying two office buildings that are in the Cupertino city center. Hang on, that doesn't mean that the spaceship isn't big enough. Uh, is it? Apple Park isn't adequate for that. That's okay. Some planning. I really don't. Sorry, I don't know. I mean. The, the quote that we're being given by managing director Eric Fox of real estate from Cushman Wakefield is saying, Apple really likes being in Cupertino. Yeah, we know. And, and this is a way for them to solidify their presence here, as if it wasn't solidified already by having a giant spaceship in the middle of the place. Um, Unless the spaceship actually can move. This is the start. They're leaving. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I think it's possible, it's entirely possible that they just simply needed more space even after the spaceship. Okay, my answer seems better, but yours is probably more I, right. I, I, I do we yeah, know actually possible. what the uh, buildings uh, are meant for? Nope. Any clue? Okay, so they might nope. just like the design. Doubtful. Uh, okay, but some people collect buildings, and okay. Uh, do we even know how far away they are from it? It can't be very far if it's... They're, they're on Stevens Creek, and, and Cupertino's a relatively small place anyway. Right. So It's not bad. So slowly, eventually, it's going to be renamed Apple Land or something. They're just going to envelop all of it, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you wanted to talk about Apple Card, and I put you off. Yes, but not very I, much. 
I will not put you off any longer. Let's talk Apple Card. Okay, I can't get one. I'm in the UK. You presumably could get one in the US. Have you already signed up? I have not. (gasps) And for why? So, for me personally, Apple is best when Apple is doing something 10 times better than the competition. That, that Apple is best when they're using technology in an interesting way to improve people's lives. And this card has some nice cash back benefits. Hmm. You know, it has 1% if you use the card, 2% if you use tap to pay for Apple Pay or contactless, as you'd call it. And it has uh, 3% if you're buying stuff from Apple. Surprisingly, including advertisements. If you were buying ad spend using Google for whatever reason, or using Apple for whatever reason, that also goes for your 3%, which is kind of neat. But it's um, it's a credit card. Mm-hmm. And it's got a beautiful app management and wallet so that you can see and manage your spending. But it's it's not revolutionary or 10x better than any other credit card it doesn't significantly change how credit cards work. You you still have a balance that you can run and then payment due and you pay through the app. This is probably the best payment system for paying off a credit card or managing your stuff, even though it doesn't export to Mint or to, to Quicken or QuickBooks. Um, although Mint and, and Quicken and QuickBooks are owned by the same people and they're all kind of garbage anyway. But, you know, you... You haven't effectively changed what a credit card is or done anything that really improves people's financial literacy or or improves their personal finance lives. Actually, I don't agree there. Uh, I did at the start. I saw your point, and, and I, obviously I see your point. But still, uh, I think uh, this business of the app being good is... Um, underappreciated it will no no i, I said it's the very it. best one i do appreciate it but, but but i think by a very long way it that alone will change how people deal with this credit card i am genuinely more financially literate from having read about and written about apple card even though i can't get one i know comparing it to the cards i've got now right now it's you know you get the bill at the end of the month and you don't recognize half the stuff you just pay off what you can and Forget about it. With this, I would know always where I was. And the ability to know would mean well, that I would I would use it. The, the the payment due reminders that you can easily view is nice. But, you know, a lot of people, when they get into credit card debt, they, they for, first of all, you, the, the credit card works best for the consumer when you pay it off each month oh. in full. Mm-hmm. Credit card works best for the credit card company when you don't pay it off in full each month. You run a balance that piles up with interest in their favor. Yes. And that's always been sort of anti-consumer to me. And yet, yes, it's good that, you, that, that people are be able to, you know, being able to take advantage of credit and that people are extending credit to them. But, but that's the balance is that one thing is good for the consumer versus the company and then one thing is good for the company versus the consumer. They're in opposition. And... I don't like the idea of Apple being in opposition to the consumer in that way. And, you know, you, you, you a lot of people pay off minimum balances, right? The minimum balance due. Mm-hmm. 
which means that they stay in debt longer, interest compounds, and they they never chip away at it, right? It'll take you 30 years to pay off this balance if you never add to this balance, right? Yes, but that seems to, and, I mean, I'm not dismissing this. It's your problem but this, rather this, than Apple's but this problem. Is the, this is but problem. That, is, that, that is the problem that a lot of consumers find themselves in. Yeah. And... It's in Apple's. It's in the credit card company's favor to do to put them in that position or help that keep them in that position, versus helping them get out from under it, and that feels very uncomfortable for me. I, I would like the idea of Apple changing things up by showing you, you know, instead of paying off the minimum balance, if you pay off this balance, if you pay off this amount above the minimum balance you will be paid out and out from under this debt within 18 months, right? Okay. Starting to, to increase financial literacy in that way, even though it's opposed to their interests in terms of people piling up interest and in them collecting more money. This is the conflict. This is this is it. And, and it's a beautiful app and it's a great app, but at the end of the day, it's a credit card. Yes, I just, I, I don't, see it as big a deal as you know, I, yes you could do some well, sort of let's estimate talk of about this right off, so but they do do so, this um if I you mean, swipe that slider they'll tell you how much you're going to pay this month and i think that's at least part of the way towards what well, that's, you're saying but that's normal everyone does that on paper bill telling me but if you paid off this amount you'd be done in 18 months if you paid off this amount we are, the calculator shows you'd actually be done with it in 12 months, right? That starts teaching people. That starts helping and helping them get out from under debt. And without that kind of thing and without that kind of thinking, it's just another product. So in summary, you who could get it won't and I who can't would. Yep, okay. pretty much. And, and so when I think about things that Apple does that are ambitious, mm. right? I think about the car project, because building a car is ambitious. If Apple is building a car, allegedly. It's a giant product, right, with a million little parts to it that all have to be reliable and all have to work together correctly. It's got, knowing Apple, electronics. So now you're talking about, does it have ADAS or, or um, you know, what level of self-driving does it have? Or what level of lane awareness does it have? Or things like this. And... It's it's a big, big project. It's ambitious. What's, and it might even be ten times better than every other car you don't know. What's when we ADAS? think about Apple Health, when we think about Apple Health and saving people's lives, right? Mm. That is a huge thing for what is ostensibly a tech company, right? Or a liberal arts company or entertainment company to take on. Right? These are big deals. And the payment system, such as it is now, doesn't feel like it's attempted to be nearly as ambitious. I, I think you're going to change your mind over time, but I would offer this. All of these great things that Apple is doing in health and maybe the car stuff is potentially being funded by them doing things like the credit card. Therefore, if you like the health and the car, I, aren't you keen on the card? I, I think that they're not being funded by the card because the card's such a new business. It practically can't be. They're being funded by the iPhone business. Which is fine, but there we go. I want to talk about Apple Health for just a moment here. Mm -hmm. And I want to do that because there's some problems in the world of Apple Health. Really? Yeah. 
there have been changes in leadership internally, and there's been some internal conflict over the future of it. And it's led to a number of employees leaving the company, uh, a report claims. And, and basically, the, the team is at odds over who they think their user is. You know, on, on one hand, you've got, let's say, the, the sport user, right? The health nut. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle, you've got the average healthy user. Mm-hmm. And then at the extreme other end, you've got the major healthcare subject, right? The the heart patient, the diabetes patient, the people, the the elderly who are falling kind of thing. You've you've got people with specific needs and things that the watch can address and 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 draw attention to. And the tension is who is the watch for and who should they be developing it for? And the struggle is, should they be developing it for the, the, the heart patient, the diabetes patient, and so forth, and telemedicine? Or, or should they be developing it for features for already healthy users? And they can't do all of it. Well, the, the thing is, is that you, you have this health group and you need to set the direction. And if you set the direction, we're going to be all things to all people. It, it's kind of a failure because it's really hard to do that. But if you set two different groups and say, we're going to have you guys work on healthy stuff and you guys work on people who need medical attention, now you end up with two very different products. You really need to have an integrated group with a, a consistent purpose across the group. And that's difficult to communicate in this way and, and difficult to figure out what it's going to be like this. So some employees were were unhappy with their work, feeling sidelined and unable to move their ideas forward. Um, some of the people that spoke to the, uh, that, that, that were taking count in the report said that some employees were hoping to work on bigger healthcare challenges, including telemedicine, health payments, and medical devices, but instead were disappointed to find that they had to work on features for already healthy users. So instead of taking on these more ambitious projects, they felt that Apple confined its products and services to wellness and prevention, such as exercise, meditation, and sleep, that are less risky, less regulated, and, and you know, cater a little bit towards diagnosis and treatment. And, you know, that that's not good in a way. The, you know, they, they have these kind of internal disagreements and have people quitting is not amazing. So it was the disagreements ranged from untackled initiatives like telemedicine, like we said, to doing more with Bedit, which was the sleep product they acquired, or to whether or not AC Wellness Health Clinics should expand into medical software for clinicians, right? The idea that you could have Apple software at your health clinic so that you've got the whole thing covered, right? You've got Apple Health, you've got your watch, and your provider knows what's going on. Um, this is this is difficult. The other part was that they, they were upset with transparency with work in the medical industry, you know, Apple introduces products like the electrocardiogram feature and people pushed back at it because Apple wasn't very transparent initially. Oh, I didn't know that either. Okay. Apple, right. Doctors being... claim mm. doctors claimed that there were going to be a ton of false positives. Now that hasn't really borne out, but what we don't know here is, so we don't really know how many employees have left the Apple health team. And we don't know how that rate compares to other groups, but we, we do know that, you know, Christine Un, uh, who was an eight-year employee of Apple, departed in August. Um, Apple subsidiary AC Wellness team member Brian Ellis 
moved to Apple Music in June, and Matt Cray left the company in May. So we, we got a couple of notables, but it's this is a problem, right? Because you could do something really ambitious, or you can just kind of stick with what's safe. And it appears that the direction is sticking with what's safe, and that's causing people to leave. As a rugged example of the best of mankind, myself in fitness and just sheer brilliance, I'm fine with this, though. What about you? I am very apprehensive when Apple plays it safe. I think Apple has, as you mentioned, a big amount of bank account with which they can use to take risks. And the best Apple for me is the Apple that pushes things forward. Obviously, catering to already healthy users makes sense from the standpoint that the bulk of their customers they perceive are probably already healthy or more or less healthy. But I'm kind of the mindset that when you take care of the edge cases, the middle can take care of itself, right? The problems when you solve the edge problems, you you solve the middle problems by as a byproduct. Okay, and. Yeah. That, that the apple that's daring is the apple that that achieves more. My rippling muscles and biceps are agreeing with you. Even as Nobody's yeah. going to check this. So you're picturing it, but no one's going to check. Okay. Um, I, I realize I don't even know how big the health group is, so I, I, how much of an attrition is going on. But I take the point that going for these reasons is a concern. Well, that's That's where I'm at on that. Um, speaking of people leaving Apple, Bill Stasier went to Microsoft after being at Apple, working on Siri for seven years. All right. Um, didn't recognize the name, but I've heard of Siri. Siri's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, he, did you say well, he or she? So, gone over so this to... was, he worked on Siri. He was hired by Scott Forstall and, um, he was hired by Scott to be the, the Siri lead. And of course, Scott Forstall was pushed out, but, uh, he stayed on, and they, they that division, the security division, was plagued by allegedly by infighting as focus for the product changed from a true conversant digital assistant to a search focus tool, and of course John Gianandrea was hired away from Amazon to to step in and lead that. Um, Stager stepped away following another shift in company priorities, so Gianandrea was in charge without any any contest really. Um, Stager was at Apple until May. So he's been hired at Microsoft and will work to help align technology strategies across the company, Microsoft. I don't even know what that means. Align technology strategies. Uh, uh, As if they were either unaligned or Microsoft just realized now that they really ought to be aligned. Okay. Aligned with what? I don't know. With each other? Uh, with something else? Yeah, yeah. In alignment, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, so he's, he's come over to make Microsoft neat, neat and tidy. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, if you had said... Microsoft really lost mobile, right? Yes, clearly. And now they've lost, in a, in a lot of ways, Cortana because they lost mobile. And if you'd told Microsoft in 2006 that what they really needed to do was to make an entirely new OS for mobile, which they eventually did Windows Phone, which was pretty much an entirely new OS, and... They needed to license it away for free. Give it away for free. Don't charge a fee per device, which is what Microsoft has always done. Mm. They would have said, you're crazy. But you, you have to tell them, 
you're developing the platform for what comes after Windows. And Microsoft would have not known to do with that because the Windows, the Microsoft policy was always Windows everywhere. Windows yeah. on everywhere on every device. And that's that's why Windows Mobile, before Windows Phone existed, it was a cut-down version of actual Windows with a start button and everything. And that's where they missed the boat, is the licensing cost, because that's what prevented people from, from really doing it, and when, allowed them to go to Android. And uh, because they were so focused on Windows everywhere, they didn't see that there was a future after Windows. And with Cortana, you know, they tried to come up with this unified strategy, and Cortana was going to be their assistant, and that totally didn't work either, and they're refocusing around what Cortana can be. So who knows what Bill's going to be doing, but he has the voice experience. We'll see how they align their strategies. I've just been using um, the beta of Microsoft Edge for the Mac. It's kind of accidentally on the Mac because they're using the Chrome engine. And yeah, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah. yeah. So the the Apple Card thing we were talking about before, you know, they, they do make it possible to see not just how much you owe, but how much interest you will owe based on your current payment. Hmm. So they help you get a little bit of visibility into that. But I really, I'm... I'm still not entirely. I, I think they don't go far enough. I think that's my problem. Well, remember, so just this is being, the start. We don't know what will happen next with it. I just, I think it's a really good start. That's what, I think that's where we differ. Yeah. Well, in the old days, right, Microsoft would take three versions of something to get it right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Microsoft launches a 1.0 product. That's great. Wait three years. Wait for it to be the third version. Then it'll be acceptable. Then it'll actually do what you need it to do. Mm. And Apple, old Apple used to launch something and then say, by the way, it's available today. Go to your stores. You can get it. Yeah. And current Apple says, we're announcing this thing. It'll be available next year. Mm. I do miss the today part. But at least and they do come available, out usually. So. Available today and holding things back until they're ready to release used to be the hallmark of Apple. And I am I am apprehensive that maybe that isn't exactly always the case anymore. Okay. You can That's see my reasons feeling. That's why, where I'll leave it. You can see reasons why things have to be announced earlier. You know, regulatory filings and things would give things away if they didn't. It's I I miss. Well, that's the why today, they announced but... iPhone six months in advance, yeah. so that the regulatory filings wouldn't give it away, and that's that's okay. I get that, but at the same point, and things don't have to be fully fleshed out to their final form when you first release them, but they do have to be the best at something, right? The iPhone was the best web browser, the best music player, and the best phone with visual voicemail, mm. and those things made it worth it. I bought the iPhone specifically for visual voicemail. All right. You know, and I'm I'm just not seeing the the guidance or the push or the 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 thing that I want them to go further, and maybe they will, but I was I was hoping for something that I I would like to have seen something that would have been that brilliant light bulb moment like Visual Voicemail was for me, that said, not only is this better in every way, but I have to have it, and I'm just not seeing it. Do you remember that Visual Voicemail wasn't available on every carrier? Uh, there are certain ones in the UK that did have it, like I was on O2, which did, and others don't. Yeah, uh, and 3 did not. There are and I always thought that that was yeah. embarrassing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Those Although, carriers were, were 
People yeah. who haven't used visual voicemail never quite understood why I was so disappointed that I lost it when I moved carriers and things. And then you show them and then they're disappointed with things. So I was spreading misery around. But uh, there are constraints applied even on Apple. So maybe as things yeah. develop, Goldman Sachs will do more with them. I think things will progress. There'll be Apple Card 2, the sequel, soon. Yeah. I'm just there happy will. with And, and speaking of visual voicemail, Mint Mobile, who sponsored us at the beginning of this episode, are totally on board with visual voicemail and will it'll it'll absolutely work on your iphone they they are super super into that a lot of them are iphone users so Excellent. there you go cool yep that brings us to another episode of toner talk where we talked all about the dpi of lasers and how many little droplets you can get on a page with an inkjet i am so glad you were here william where can we find you next week I'm still on keyboard Maestro 9. I'm sorry, my mind's full of toner now, but I am at my keys <laughs> all the time. Keyboard Maestro 9, having a lot of joy with this, but also reachable on Twitter. They don't even w. pay Gallagher. you to say that. That's what's funny. Hmm? They don't, they don't even... Keyboard Maestro doesn't pay you. No. Well, I pay them. You just love their product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm fine so with it. W. Gallagher. W. Gallagher on Twitter and uh, William at AppleInsider.com, whereas you are somewhere else entirely. Where are you? I am VMarks on Twitter, and I'm Victor at AppleInsider.com, and I will be back here next week with more Apple Insider podcast and news for you. We hope you can meet us back then.